0: Hey guys, Pastor Ben. Thank you for joining us here on FCC Online. We are truly thankful and appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen to our messages. One thing that I do want to encourage you to do is as you're watching these, please don't allow these to be your primary resource in your spiritual journey and your walk with Jesus. Keep these as a supplement to what you do on a weekly basis from the gathering, uh, being connected, being part of a life of a local church body. We want these to bless you. We want these messages and these videos to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. But please do not allow these to replace anything that you have to do with a local church body. Amen. Good morning. I'm blessed to be able to share the God's word with you this morning. Excited about what we've been going through in the book of Hebrews. Um, And just really just breaking down what difficult book has been such a blessing to look and see how it can apply to our lives today. And uh, as we've taken a look at this, it's been wonderful to be able to see into the aspect that I need to grow in Christ still, right? That's what we need. We still need to grow in Christ So my family and I have been here for a couple years. I heard a rumor that we won't be accepted as a grace night until we do 30 years. That's such a long time. So, you no, know, I just want to say thank you. We have been received by FCC, and we are so grateful for the NIC community, for the fellowship, for the missions that are going forth out there. You know, just ready for this uh, Mexico trip coming up. I'm just excited to see about that, so let's keep them in prayer. So we moved out from California, foundations, earth are there earthquakes, you know, that's what you got to worry about in, in California. Um, and then we moved out here to uh, Kentucky, and we bought a, a house over up on a hill over there, just not too far away from the town right here. And so, you know, how about that wind, right? That wind is pretty crazy. So, you know, man, I put a trampoline outside, man. My daughter's jumping up and down, in, and, and, you know, so I go, there's a big windstorm. I go outside. Man, the trampoline is not there. It's a big 15-footer with the net and all the, it's up in a tree. I'm like, wow. You know, so then I put a pool out there. And yesterday, my wife calls me. She's like, "The pool is gone. <laughs> it's down the hill." You know, and, and you gotta wonder. I'm like, "Man, is did I get the right place?" You know, I mean, I've cut down. We we cut down a lot of trees, and so it's really windy up there. And I'm like, "Man, is this is my house gonna blow? Like, you know, Kansas, you know, um, Wizard of Oz kind of stuff, floating away. We're gonna find ourselves over there." And and I gotta ask myself, is it is this? Did I do the right thing? Is my house going to fall down? So one time uh, I had a little confidence. I I brought an electrician out because I wanted an outlet put outside on the outside of the wall out there. So he comes out and I'm like, hey, can you put a you outlet out? He's like, no problem. So he comes to me 30 minutes later. He's drenched in sweat. He said, man, I got to go get a different tool. Did you know that your walls downstairs are 18 inches thick of concrete? And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. But that's, thank you. I know my house is not going to blow away. Solid foundation, solid foundation. No, nothing outside of my house is gonna last, but you know, my house is lasting right there. (laughs) Amen, God is is so good, and I'm excited today to share with you this passage from Hebrews. As we, we take a look at this, I wanna examine three different things that we're gonna look at. We're gonna look at the right perspective. We're gonna talk about the right foundation, And then we're going to talk about the right application. And the writer gives us all these things. So the right perspective, you know, as we look through, we're going through Hebrews, build on a foundation. And the writer of Hebrews, he kind of, I'm going to break into the passage. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, And a faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and a resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permits. So the first thing I want to look at, you know, we're definitely going to go through some storms. You know, yesterday was just an example, and we don't have to look too back. Last year, my wife and I wept when there was some rain, and there was some floods. And there was some loss of life. And I know you guys, we were all affected as a community. And, and these acts of nature, they can happen at any time, anywhere. You know, tornadoes coming, floods coming, ripping up people's lives. And these trials happen to us on the outside as well as on the inside. We're going to face trials in life. It's impossible that that should not happen to us. But the right perspective, look with this, as we've been going through this thing, that, that, that looking at these aspects, you know, the, the, the writers talk about leaving the elementary principles of Christ. What are these elementary principles? What is he talking about here? Well, he says, therefore, and as Ben has talked about, we need to find out what that therefore is Therefore, So going back to the beginning, Jesus is greater than the prophets who God spoke past. Jesus is greater than than the angels, the God's ministering spirits. Jesus is greater than Moses, who gave us the law. Jesus is greater than Joshua, who brought the people into the land that was the promised land, the land of rest, and finally, Jesus is greater than the Levitical priesthood, and that's kind of where we kind of came into, and why is he sharing all these things? Well, because there's dangers, there's perils, Last week, Kelly talked about what we used to pour into our lives, that vacuum. You know, just we can't get enough of it, right? We just kept pouring that stuff in there. It never filled us up, never gave us anything, but we would put it in there anyways. And so the writer of Hebrews says there's some perils, there's some dangers in our lives. We could be in danger of drifting away. What happens to sh- ships that aren't anchored down? They get into shipwrecks. That's what happens when you're drifting along. You just end up aimlessly anywhere. Don't know where you're gonna be. Then the next thing we talked about the peril was the danger of doubting. Is this real? Is God real? Is Jesus really the way? You know, doubt is that enters our mind. This is what the Hebrew people they had. They had their religion. They had the aspect, man, we have the sacrifices, the priest, all the temple. Man, these synagogues, we've, we've done this, and maybe, maybe this is not the right way. And they were danger of doubting what God had said. And then last week, Kelly talked about the danger of dull hearing and not growing up, not constant practice, not putting into application what we've done. And so finally, the writer's going to talk to us. He said, there's a final danger. It's just the danger of giving up. Departing. The danger of departing from the living God. Because that's what happens when, you, when you're drifting, when you're dull hearing, when you're doubting. The end result is that you're just gonna leave. And that's what the enemy wants, right? The enemy doesn't want you to grow in your faith. He doesn't want you to touch the lies. He doesn't want people to know about God's goodness and love. That's the danger. So the right perspective in our storms of life is so important, how you see things. This is the way that people make it. You know, how do I look at things? In other words, we see Romans eight twenty-eight, and we know that all things work together for good. I know that that verse has probably carried most of the people in this room through at least one trial. Why? Because it changes your perspective. You're looking at something bad, something's happened, lost in family, man, this is, you lost your job, you've, whatever's going on, and you've lost something, and all of a sudden you have to say, man, well, God, he works all things together. And what it does is it changes your viewpoint. You could say, you know what, I'm not looking at this trial anymore. I'm looking up at God. My change is my perspective. And that's one of the first aspects that you need. We need to see God bless the lord oh my soul man i just love how the worship brings us back to that reference of god no matter what i still want to be singing his praises ten thousand years to come because that's what it is when thomas got up and talked about that one in psalms 42 why are you discouraged and why are you cast down man that perspective shifts he tells your soul praise the lord bless him Man, remember where you've fallen from and get back up. That's a change of your perspective. But one of the things that even comes with that is having the right foundation. What is this right foundation? Here here you go. Let me break this down for you. He talks about not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, I'm going to break all those down for you. No, I'm not because the writer didn't break all those down, but what it is, is the focus is, what's he talking about with all these things? What is this foundation that you need in your life? I want to flash back, 1988, I'm 18 years old. I get in a motorcycle wreck at over 100 miles an hour. I'm in the hospital, broke my leg in 17 different places, Almost died. I should have died. God's mercy and grace were on me. But my life, you know where my foundation of my life was at that point? I thought, man, it was all about having fun. Whatever it did that filled me up for one second and made me feel better, that's what I wanted to do. Whether it was drugs or sex or whatever. I poured that stuff into my life, you know, and so when I faced this storm, this trial of being in the hospital and the doctors telling me you might never walk again, and you're lucky to even be alive, and I'm in this hospital for six months, my foundation was shaken. My house came tumbling down. When you face a trial, you're going to get bitter or better. When you face a trial. You're going to stand fast or you're going to fall down. These are the things that happens. I mean, it's just when when you step into a a puddle of water and it's got mud on the bottom, all that comes up is mud after you step in it. That's because all that stuff down there. And when my life was stepped in by God's grace, man, just a bunch of mud came up. Six months after I I got filled with bitterness and anger, six months later, I took a life of a young man with a couple other people. I wasn't the shooter, but the man lost his life. I found myself in the L.A. County Jail, facing a death sentence. Because that's what the foundation of my life was, in nothing. When I got there, you know what I did? I didn't, I just wanted to get out. That's all I wanted, I just didn't want to be caught. I was only sorry I had gotten caught. I wasn't sorry yet. About a year goes by, I find myself in a gang module, just eating all the stuff up, pouring back in all the garbage that the world has. My mom, bless her heart, enters my life. I tell her mom, give me some money. She says, no, you're using it on gambling and drugs, which I was. Well, I, I begin to curse and swear and to my mom, I hate you. Get out of my life. And if I ever have a chance, I'm going to get you. And she cries and she leaves. And if my mom's foundation would have been in her relationship to me, you know, that she's a mother, well, it would have been crushed at that point. But, you know, my mom had something better. My mom had a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And she was able to come back the next week and tell me words that changed my life, changed my foundation. She said, no matter what you do or what you say, you can never change my love for you. And those words just went right into my heart and begin to echo around in my mind, and all of a sudden, God opened my eyes to the realness of the gospel in Jesus Christ, that I wasn't a lovable person, but that he had loved me, and he had sent his son to die for all of my sins, even that murder. And it transformed me. I still did 25 years, two months, and 17 days inside a prison, but they dropped the death penalty, and I did a long time, but you know what carried me there? You know what carried me through dark times? It carried me through, man, I deserve to be there. I deserve to die. But carried me through that was the love of God, which had been poured out in my heart through the Holy Spirit, who had been given to me. And it changed my perspective, it changed my life, it transformed me. See, all these doctrines that he just lists out there there's six things laying on of hands, repentance from dead works, faith towards God. All that can be summed up is that God loves you that's it god loves you and sent his son to die on the cross for your sins i'm watching the chosen i love that show right there and there's this one i was weeping this one lady she says you know her name is mary magdalene she says this one thing she said man here's how i was before and here's how i am now in between is jesus that's it man so simple right there isn't it I mean we could break this down but it really don't need to here's who I was before here's who I am now in between I met this incredible amazing wonderful savior and he saved me he saved me man he is so awesome and so wonderful You know, it's that old song, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. That's your foundation. It's as simple as that. When you have love as a foundation, man, it just sets you right. I'm going to turn over to a passage in the book of Romans. I love this place. Romans, Paul's writing about. He says, "Man, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus." As we all like to condemn ourselves, the enemy is going to condemn. He's accusing. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Paul's writing, and, and he's talking about struggles, and he's talking about trials. And and at the end of this place, he he's the last part. He says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ?" nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's just fantastic. That's something you could build your life on. Because when a trial comes, this is right after Romans eight twenty eight, right? I mean, this is verse 39. All things work together, and then he just kind of gets to that place. He's like, hey, this is how it's working together. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No trial. No test. No doubt. No failure. No sin. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is, is what we can build our life upon so that when, and it's all gonna happen to us, when those storms come, when we lose family members, when we lose jobs, when whatever happens at the trial, because your trial may not be my trial, whatever trial it is for you, your life is founded on the rock, the rock, Jesus Christ. Your life is founded upon God's love for you. It's not based upon what happens in your life. It's based upon God's love for you, and if all you had was the cross of Christ and Jesus stretching out of your arms, it's enough. The hope that we have that's been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This hope we have all, oh, the writer of Hebrews is gonna share, Ben's gonna share, as an anchor of our soul, keep you steadfast, immovable. These are so biblical words steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There are so many wonderful, amazing promises that God has given to those He loves. He loves you. That's the most important thing we should say to ourselves. Man, He loves me. Yes, man, as mixed up and as messed up as we still are he still loves you cherishes you wants to spend time with you sometimes i don't i'm afraid that god doesn't want i get tired of myself right you know i'm tired of me i'm like man i don't even want to talk to me anymore and i'm like god must be tired i've come to him with this sin ten thousand times i'm sure he's leaning like that's it your time's up that's it you've failed too many times but he's not he's not Jesus died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. So I want to move on to the next passage right here. Look at, look, Keep going here. Back in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer encourages us. He said, not laying again all those foundation of repentance from dead works of faith toward god of doctrine of baptisms of laying on hands of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment and this we will do if god permits number one we need the right perspective number two man we better have a good foundation and number three man we need the right application how do we apply this to our lives What does this mean? What do I do here? And he he gives us the right application. How does that? Right there in verse three, and this we will do if God permits. The writer of Hebrews including himself, number one, you need the right attitude. If you're going to go and succeed in a trial, if you're going to have the right foundation in our lives, you have to have the right attitude. And what's the right attitude before God? Humility. Humility. I mean, it it says it over and over. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The book of Psalms tells us that the secret of the Lord belongs to the humble. Him he will teach in the way that he chooses. The very beginning of coming to God is an abandonment of self denial of self. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You can't do that full of pride. Jesus is always looking. When he called the rich young man, came to him, said, man, what good thing should I do? He said, man, you know, I see what's in you. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. Man, because that guy said no. But then he called other people. They left everything and followed him because they had the right attitude. It is, really. I tell my daughter over and over again, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. If you have a right attitude, it's going to go good for you. If you get a bad attitude, it's going to go bad for you. Attitude is everything. And you'll probably hear me because I, I t- another thing I tell all the time, repetition is the mother of all learning, right? <laughs> God tells us this over and over and over again. Man, he, needs, he wants us to get humility. What is humility? Thinking of myself less. Man, I just. it's honoring God before myself. It's honoring others before me. The right attitude is to say your way is the right way even when I can't figure it out, God. Now, I like to figure things out, right? I wanna know step one, two, three, four. Man, God didn't call the people like that. He said, go out into a land that you don't know and follow me, and they left everything and followed him. Come on, follow me, and that's where the principle is when we begin to get to the place where we can say, God, I'm surrendering everything to you and, and you know what that doesn't happen just once the right attitude isn't just when you come at the altar one time or you feel the call of God in your life it's every day every day we need to repent every day we need to come back and say you're the king and I'm, I'm just your servant I'm man I'm the one that you love thank you so much show me what I could do today help me to grow close to you somebody just said it Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But it only comes through humility. Second part of this is, he says, and this we will do if God permits. I love how he's inclusive. The whole book of Hebrews is inclusive. And what does that mean, inclusive? God is, he, the writer of Hebrews is including himself. You see, we like to be lone rangers. I can make this by myself. And we isolate and separate and move ourselves. The Bible says if any man isolates himself, he strives against all wisdom. God did not make us to be alone. Matter of fact, one of the first verses, it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a comparable. I mean, what? And then when, if you go through the New Testament and you begin to look at these things, he's like, Love one another, encourage one another, build one another up, edify one another. I mean, how many one another's do we need before we figure that? Hey, God wants us to be around each other. And yes, sometimes it's hard. You know, I would much rather do it by myself, man. I could think I'm making it right. You know, because when I'm around other people, guess what happens? I'm a sinner. You're going to see some sin in me if you're around me long enough. I'd like to think I'm all that, but I'm not. I, you know, I got I got issues and I got problems. And if I'm around you, guess what? Those problems are going to come out on you. I mean, hey, it happens to my wife all the time, right? <laughs> you know, we, we, we got issues. You, husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. We got issues, and they come out. And when you're in a church, in a family like this, it's going to happen. The closer you get to people, the more time you spend around them. Sometimes they're just going to make you mad someday, right? They're going to they're say something you didn't like. Or they're going to say something about somebody you didn't like, or whatever, it's going to happen. we're We're going to rub shoulders, and that's what God has designed. Growth comes through community. We stir one another up. We encourage one another. We speak life into each other's lives. That's what God has called us to do. Speak life that you may live. We speak the word of God into each other's life. I need you to speak life into me. I need you to love me sometimes when I'm not lovable. I need you to forgive me. I need you to encourage me. I need a word of encouragement sometimes. You need that as well. That's what the writer is saying to us. Hey, this is the foundation that you need. You need this right perspective You need to look at me instead of looking at your trial. You need the right foundation, that foundation that I love you, that's never going to quit, and you need the right attitude and the right people. And you're here. You're here. Whether you've moved here or whether you've been here all your life, you're here right exactly where God wants you to be, and God has called you to service right here. And I'm so grateful for this church because this is a church of service. I've witnessed it. And I I love it. You're encouraging me to serve more. I've been encouraged since I came here, and I'm I'm ready to get even more encouraged. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to close out with this passage right here. Jesus has been preaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He's contradicting all the known laws and things that people are telling him. He said, no, I, you heard this, but I say this. You heard this, but I say this. At the end of this, he tells him, not even everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, but those who obey my will. And then he, he gives out two examples. And I kind of want to just lay this, so that, that, that we finish it. The right perspective, the right foundation Now we need to again, once again look at our perspective because Jesus says these words. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. That's what Jesus said. And it really is simple as that. If you listen not dull of hearing, if you pay attention, if you don't drift off into the sunset, if you purpose in your life to fall deeper in love, because it just doesn't happen aimlessly. It doesn't happen because we come to church once a week. It's a daily thing. It's a relationship thing. See, your relationship that works out vertically is going to work out horizontally. That's what God wants in our lives. I want a solid foundation so that when I face storms and when you face storms, we could stand together. You know, I've seen some horrible things, some terrible things that happened even in this man, people's loss of life, people crying, people hurting. We lost people that we knew. But what I've seen is encouragement. I've seen community, I've seen love, I've seen the foundation, which is not built by me, but you know what, by the pastor and by God in our lives, and it's been coming along, and people have been blessed with tears and love and laughter, and that comes, and it's just made us stronger because that's what happens when we go through trials, when we go through them the right way, the way that God has purposed our house stands, and people come on in, right? Your house is strong. I'm coming in there. You know, we can get in, hey, come on in the shelter. There's some shelter in here. That's what we get to do. We get to love on people. We get to give away what we've been given. And that is what I want to encourage as a church, the final application. Give it away. Give away what you've been given. Keep building up the love of God in your hearts. Keep falling deeper in love with him. And then just tell people, man, I was this person, I was this person, in between was Jesus Christ. And that's all we got to say. Man, Jesus made a difference in my life, and he can make a difference in your life too. And that's part of service. You don't have to go stand on the corner out here and preach Jesus Christ. If God calls you to do that, amen. But you know what? We just love people. We serve people. Man, whether it's bringing in kids over here, 40 kids, 50 kids, 60 kids, whatever it is, and we're just teaching them, or whether it's going out and helping somebody build a ramp. Those are small acts of service that work into big acts of kindness that works into the gospel going forth in people's lives. And that's the church that we belong to. So rejoice in that. Be encouraged. Be encouraged that you're part of a church that has a great foundation. And I encourage you, if your foundation is missing, if you're in a perspective shift and you need to fall deeper in love with Jesus, if your foundation is shaky, man, just get back and say, Jesus, I love you. And talk to people and get encouraged and get that love of Christ deeper into your life. Because this is where he wants us to do this. I'm going to call the uh, worship team back up. You know, I don't know where you're at in life. But I want to encourage you. You know, maybe you're facing a perspective, maybe your trial is overwhelming you right now, maybe you're hurting, maybe you're suffering, or maybe you know somebody who's going through a trial and is struggling. I'm I'm probably sure everybody here does, and I want to encourage you, you know, whether it's for yourself or somebody else, there's going to be people that are going to stand up here, and I encourage you to come pray with them.